0: Welcome to the Go Big Betcast with Dave, Boomer, Producer Skip, and Redcast Rob. Welcome to
2: the Go Big Redcast. I'm your host, David Gaspers, and I'm with Boomer. Oh, sorry, Dave. I would have fielded that, but uh, Teddy Valentine called you for a foul on that. So this is actually going to get turned back over to the uh, Go Big Wolf Cast, whom I think the ESPN hosts actually uh, host that as well. So It did seem like the announcers were
0: somewhat pro- Wolfpack. I, I agree with that assessment, Boomer, as were
1: the refs. Also the Redcast, Rob. Well, fellas, I'm officially 264 days sober today. Boy, did I pick the wrong year to quit drinking.
2: <laughs> I'll pick up the slack for you, Rob. <laughs> That's right. Boomer and I will,
0: will cover you. No problem, Rob, because um, it's been a painful uh, season for Nebraska sports outside of baseball and a little bit of volleyball success. Uh, It it has been a tough one. Um, I don't think we'll rehash the Iowa loss too much, but we can talk a little bit about that. Uh, But we are doing this podcast on Wednesday evening, a little bit later than scheduled because we happened to watch a four overtime uh, game between Nebraska and NC State in men's basketball, resulting in a 104 to 100 loss. Uh, Nebraska had multiple opportunities to try to pull that out and it just didn't get the job done. At the end of the day, uh, NC State uh, pulls away and uh, preserves a four-point victory in the ACC Big Ten Challenge. Boomer, um, you alluded to it in the uh, comment about Jimmy Valentine. It does feel like Nebraska was playing at least six people out there because
2: uh, the refs did not seem to um, call that game down the middle. Yeah, I I mean, if you just look at a freaking stat line – uh, NC state had 42 free throw attempts. Nebraska had 15 for the game. And like you mentioned, Dave, that game went to four overtimes. So you had the entire two halves, four overtimes. We get 15 foul shots. It was a game and a half. Yeah. We I mean, that's just minutes. an insane discrepancy, even, you know, just random chance. You'd think you'd get more than 15. Uh, that was just, that was criminal. Uh, you know, there were, we missed a few shots. Yes. We had a 14 point lead that, you know, kind of we let get away. I forgot us, but... about that. Yeah, but when you're you're up against that kind of discrepancy, yeah, that's making it as hard as possible. And then we, sh- at the end of the regulation, we should have had a a foul for and a chance to put away the game with a free throw, and we didn't get the call. I mean, because apparently the hand is part of the ball, which is also apparently part of the forearm, which is apparently a legal target for NC State Wolfpackers to smack whenever they want to. So yeah, things yeah. we learned today.
0: So. I mean, Verge should have went to the line there. Um, There's multiple other fouls that were very questionable. Um, reviews that seem to be completely unnecessary ultimately you know we did have a a call that they just could not call up with Bryce McGowan's right Rob where at the end of the third overtime I believe or was it second I can't remember any longer Um, Bryce goes to the line uh, with two seconds to go makes the first uh, to tie the game and he has a shot to um, uh, get us over uh, the hump and, and and get a lead and he he misses he's an 87 free throw shooter misses that one though
1: and um, that was probably our closest opportunity to assault this on the way yeah I mean I had a feeling he was going to miss that just because Nebraska yeah um, yeah you know I mean he was five for seven from the line you know he finished with 24 points the quietest twenty-four points I think I've ever seen any player put up out there. It, it seemed like Virgil's moments. He, definitely he, was... he did. He did, but it seemed like his moments were like really, really spread out. Um, for me personally, when well, I he played him sixty minutes, I, I, I <laughs> that's true. He played an NBA game tonight, so you know more. it's a uh, yeah more well NBA game with with two overtimes apparently or something mm-hmm. crazy like that. But my my point is is that he's the kind of player that I would really like to see take the role that Verge took on tonight because Verge, while he was getting to the hoop, he wasn't finishing a lot of the, the plays there, like in crunch time. I mean, there was an overtime where both teams combined scored like four points a piece or seven points apiece. first overtime. Like that's that. correct. But yeah. The first overtime. So it was, I mean, that's ridiculous. And Verge had the ball in his hands most of the time in that overtime. I don't understand why as much, but Um, the other, the other kid that, that seems to really be coming on is, uh, Tominaga. I mean, that kid, the last two games, he's really found his role in here is that, uh, Guy, you can turn to for hitting your three-point shots, but it seemed like kind of in crunch time too. He was missing a lot of the shots as it went on. But those guys were tired after that. uh, I'm not even going to call it a fight. I'll call it a scrum on the NC State bench. Right with six Um, minutes to go. Yeah, it was six minutes to go. They started ejecting players. One player who everyone thought got ejected came out and played in the overtime, like the fourth overtime. Apparently Webster
0: came back out. Everybody apparently. thought Cody Webster had been, been kicked out, cool. goes and plays the fourth overtime, like nothing happened. We're like, Well, what? maybe
1: when you're playing in a different time zone and it changes to the day or something like that. Was it is it Thursday over there? The I don't East know, but away? he was
0: sat for 21 game minutes after that. He didn't he exited when that scrum happened and did not come back in until the fourth
1: overtime. <laughs> yeah. So I mean that's you know, that was one where um, I, I I have no idea. This game was so confusing. I'm trying to go over and I'm trying to remember, okay, when did that happen? Um, I mean, I was actually at a Rotary meeting for the first half of the game. Um, so I feel like I actually got a full game of basketball in myself, but yeah. um, literally went to a Rotary meeting and came home and watched the entire second half and all 19 overtimes. So it was, it was something else. The one player I feel like... I, I would have really liked to see a lot more was Walker. That guy's been dominant in the, in the middle for the last, what, three or four games. And then, you know, tonight he only had eight shots, 12 points.
0: it was tough going down in the paint. They did have that shot blocker who had eight blocks. Um, So the fact that verge or McGowan's ever really got to the rim feels like that was um, impressive by itself. But I think Walker really struggled getting a, a clean look.
1: Yeah, some of that some of that though, too is it um especially if you're going to compete in the Big 10 he's going to have to get the look. He's going to have to make that look. He can't wait for that look to come to him and there seemed like a couple of times where he could have maybe possibly taken it to the rim or at least gone up and tried to get the foul hardy har har. Um but you know he but then he would just pass it back out to the to the wing and and I, I would really like to see him because I think he's going to be successful in in the Big Ten this year but he's got a kind of I don't want to say that you know he's a kid so you know but he's got to kind of suck it up a little bit and take it to the rim and you know take those hard fouls otherwise create those I mean I mean
0: Derek's like 23 I think he can understand what you're saying I I I just don't know if that's really his game he doesn't have a great vertical jump um, or explosiveness he's he's a big body 6'8 can can get physical in there not afraid to 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 do that but i don't know if you know he
1: has that explosive step how, how high do you have to jump if you're six foot eight dave well like, when everybody else know. is
0: six nine six, 10, I, six nine. I guess so yeah but I mean, he's the big ten's he's, got seven footers all over the place so it's 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 one of those things where he, his strongest his strongest attribute is his uh, post-passing game, right? And we saw that a few times today. So that's where he can actually um, either um, execute those passes or have the um, kind of threat of that. And that's how he can kind of get a shot off. And I think that's what we'll have to count on from, from him going forward. Regardless, you know, I mean, Boomer, this is a team that's five and three, um, one bad loss. And you can say there's two good losses on there. with Creighton and NC State, but um, close is only good in horses, horseshoes and hand grenades. Is that the saying? Right. And then yeah. And like football seasons, I think too, for, we are. You know, as Husker fans, year, very yeah. used to just being close. And um, now this team has to turn around Has Michigan and Indiana, I believe here to kick off the big 10 play. Then has Auburn in it down at Atlanta in another um, event. Um, so they've, they've got to go and, and be able to figure out how to get some wins here. Um before uh the the
2: calendar flips because then then in january time to get out to business yeah you don't have really any gimme games left outside of what i think maybe like Kennesaw or something like that yeah, late december so. but otherwise yeah it's all power five pretty much here on out and it's not going to be easy so yeah if you want a chance to you know try to finish gelling and you know try to get everyone's roles in place here and figure out where everyone is this is your chance to do it because it's not going to get any easier from here on out so Let's just hope they can get a little something here in December and get to get a little momentum and some positivity, you know, because, I mean, you're going to be tired after a game like this. So just, you know, let's hope they can pick themselves up, dust themselves off and, you know, play the best they can against Indiana coming up here in a couple of days. So. Yeah,
0: yep, yeah, that's right. All right. Well, um, we'll continue to monitor the basketball team. Um, women's basketball, I believe, actually won. Is that right, Boomer? So they're 10 and 0. Or yeah. Like that?
2: yeah, they're they're looking quite excellent. So they are. Yeah just kind of dominating everybody. So I highly encourage everyone to give them a watch if you haven't yet. So they're, they're playing great ball. Amy Williams is doing good work over there and they've got something going. So right. yeah, keep an right. eye on them. A lot season, of Nebraska's so. on that roster as well. So a lot of things root for.
0: Uh, volleyball will be off this weekend. Um, trying to get a good start in the NCAA tournament there. So hopefully we have something to cheer for because from the men's perspective, um, the athletic department just feels cursed. <laughs> It really does. Uh, Nebraska football um, puts up another game fight is up 21 to six versus Iowa um, relatively late in the third quarter with Logan Smothers um, doing a a bang up job there filling in for Adrian Martinez in the quarterback position. Um, But sure enough, Boomer, we, we can find a way to lose that one too. So um, a blocked punt that was excellently dissected on Reddit, like, um, apparently it it was a just a completely blown coverage um and production scheme there by by nebraska um was kind of the um momentum flipper if you will
2: yeah i know the the joke is you know we've seen this movie before and god we're at that point i mean this is like you know, we're not even at like godfather three level anymore this is like somewhere in the police academy series for right. been watching here i'm six or seven i 6 or 7 i do not know hockey's our police academy expert it's a shame he's not on tonight to they to kind of <laughs> give us the best yeah mission to moscow City under siege we're somewhere in that level at this point it's just you know what's coming and it's you can see it happening no one seems to be able to do anything about it and that's that's the most depressing part about it you, you still got a lead you see that punt block happen and then everybody knows the script flips there and it does it just seems like it's out of everybody's hands and the nebraska team no one seems to know what to do about it and the game just gets away from you and you know that's kind of the disappointing thing about it it's teams have bad things happen to them during games i mean i will put the ball on the turf a few times in that game they had turnovers you know and they're able to just somehow carry on keep it close and so we saw that in a lot of games this whole season minnesota we had what two interceptions against minnesota didn't turn the ball over once and we just don't seem to be able to rebound from those sorts of things for some reason we just don't have it in this team the way it's currently situated whether that's you know coaching or whatever it is they just don't seem to be able to recover from that the way other teams can so that's clear at this point i mean it's not just you know pure random luck when you have this many close losses in a row it's like yeah statistics like flipping a coin if you're getting tails every time you know in a row something's probably up here it's not just random so so, Rob, what Boomer's
0: saying is saying, it's a trick coin. <laughs> so how do we get a new coin put into the system
1: here? <laughs> well, hopefully we get ourselves, you know, with a new offensive coordinator and a new offensive staff. Um, some of the play calling duties maybe will go away from Frost. And, um, you know, I'd love to kind of hear what you guys have to say, uh, especially you, Dave, on like the OC position. It seems like a lot of names are thrown out there. Sure. Um, you know, on Twitter and in, in Nebraska football universe and all that. And you know, next year, hopefully we don't get another edition of Ernest Goes to Lincoln, you know, and <laughs> you know, that's uh sorry, I don't watch police academy movies. So that was <laughs> but you watch the
2: earnest movies,
1: but 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 yes, uh, taste used. and
2: fine cinema, Dave. But so. but Dave,
1: you but Dave, if there's one thing that you love to do, it's it's uh listen to the local media sports talk shows and and read a lot of the local, you know, talking heads yeah. online. So uh, what are you hearing out there?
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, obviously, hopefully the, the change that we see here in, in 2022 will be on the offensive side of the ball, but also special teams. I don't want to forget about that. Um, we could start there and uh, talk about w- You know, will we or will we not have a special teams coordinator? It does seem like we're trending in that direction. Uh, Boomer, uh, the names out there include uh, Bill Bush, who is actually on staff as an analyst, um, but has been a special teams coach elsewhere. Advantage of Bill Bush, not only because he's from Nebraska, coached Nebraska before and now has been in the building for the last year. He's also a really good recruiter. Um, I think he's actually right now recruiting for us um because of the other coaches that had been let go um so that that is attractive the other name uh, that we've heard boomer is uh the special teams coordinator from virginia is that right
2: yeah ricky uh, brumfield yeah he's had like 20 years of special teams coordinating experience at, like virginia and i think like western kentucky and with the roadrunners at texas san antonio and i think he's also coached like tight ends and cornerbacks so he's you know fairly versatile on that end and I, I think you're right, right. I don't think they're going to have a choice but to hire a special teams coordinator. I think that that hand's kind of been forced upon them. I mean, can you imagine if they don't? You know what the response is going to be? Yeah. The I mean, if they say, well, we'll just, you know, yeah I, 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 yeah, I think you've painted yourself in that corner. Where you have to hire one just based on everything we've seen this year. So, yeah. So. And then, Rob, um,
0: let's build up to O.C. I have that. All right. So, yeah, we can uh, do that. Yeah. So. I think the the name out there that we've almost already expected to be named, but now is kind of on hold seems to be um, a wide receiver and recruiting coordinator in uh, Mickey Joseph, a former Nebraska quarterback from Louisiana. He's been coaching down in Baton Rouge uh, since 2017. Um, and it seemed like it was all but a done deal that he was going to be coming up here to, uh the wide receiver and recruiting coordinator which uh, he has lots of connections down there in louisiana um but then uh boomer um the coaching carousel has seemed to have slowed that one down for us right um it seemed like um usc made the big splash with hiring lincoln riley away from oklahoma so lsu shooters couldn't be outdone and so they went and got brian kelly from notre dame And so now Mickey Joseph may be interviewing for a position on that staff. We don't know, but it seems like that is being held
2: up somehow, some way. Right. Yeah. that certainly kind of seemed to be the, the online scuttlebutt anyway, uh, that, you know, Lincoln Riley making that move, just kind of made everything, you know, pure chaos here. So, and yeah, from what we've seen, you know, uh, Mickey Joseph still off recruiting for LSU, which, you know, of course, any coordinator should be doing if they're, you know, still at a job and then, they still have to decide what they're going to do at LSU. Uh, Mickey just from Louisiana. Is, is he not? Yep, I believe he sure so. is. Yeah, believe sure Yeah that's what i thought so i mean it's probably tempting to stay there if he has that opportunity they pay well i, mean, I think he was sure. making five hundred thousand there as a wide receivers coach and i think it's what we paid lubick as our offensive. sure he has a house so, down there yeah and, and the, the money's boys. there you know he sure. has got family there so the temptation probably is to stay there if at all possible so who knows what kelly's gonna do i mean mickey joseph will probably find out via text somehow you know at midnight or something <laughs> tomorrow what the plan is but uh yeah so that probably kind of may have slowed things down so we'll see where that kind of leads you know at least in a wide receiver coach anyway yeah yeah
0: all right and then um let's see where else are we going uh running backs rob right running backs that's probably the most quiet um position um with names being floated out there which is leading many to believe that we already have that coach on staff and that would be ron brown so that would make
1: Two of the four positions analysts that are getting promoted, Bush and Ron Brown. Um, Yeah, and everything that I've seen too is that they're not really looking to blow up the offensive concept as much, right? So, you know, really a running back coach is a running backs coach. Um, I would think that you'd want your running backs coach to at least settle in on one or two guys that you're going to really focus the offense around, unlike what they did this year. Um, And we had somebody leave this week. As well, Marvin so, Scott, has yeah, Marvin Scott left this week. Portal. So, so that it's very uh, crowded
0: in that portal, but he got in apparently.
1: It's yeah, it's very crowded in that portal. But you know, hey, you know, you can late check your luggage and pick it up at another <laughs> at another right. location. Check
0: it at the curb, it's always <laughs> yeah. critical. You check know, it at the curb. it might end
1: up on another flight, but it'll yeah. get there eventually, yeah. right? Yeah, you know? that's right um but as we've seen a lot of these players have left the nebraska team program you know not all of them are having success everywhere else they went so the grass isn't always greener but in the nebraska running back uh you know stable you know with you know what is there like 30 guys in there right now you know you're never quite sure when you're going to be getting your playing time so (laughs) i could see where he might want to leave for an opportunity that is going to allow him a little bit more playing time there because i think we're going to probably see a lot more of Yant next year as the featured back is my guess.
0: We'll see. I mean, Ramir will be healthy again. Um, yeah. But I mean, I think the key there to your point, Rob is player development, right. And yeah. that you have players that um, can do multiple things an all around back. That's why Ramirez got the starting job is not only could, you run he also uh could pass block right and and that's what's kept others off the field so i think the key there is i mean i guess you could say ron brown has had a success successful career developing running backs he's been a running back coach for nebraska and we had had good running backs during that period he might have just been blessed with quite a bit of talent there i mean the drawback with ron brown is i don't think he'd be very good on the recruiting trail right boomer i mean he's he's well over over 60 and um, may not relate as well with um, the younger generation so I, I, I'm just a little bit concerned that we're hamstringing ourselves there um, when we could go out and get an actual running back coach that can do both um, and Ron Brown would still be on staff as an analyst
2: yeah and I, and I wonder just does ron brown want to do that i mean is he happier kind of where he's at you know in the the analyst role i mean because like you said when you're 60 going out and recruiting and hitting that trail is might not be the funnest thing in the world so it takes a lot of effort and energy and time and no he looks like he's 45 so yeah he he looks good yeah he looks probably better than we do at a similar age you know yeah so but uh probably healthy yeah it it, yeah it's got to be a fit for everybody he has to want to do it and we have to want to let him do it i'm i don't know you know, what his thoughts are if he wants to do that full-time or not or if he's just happier in that analyst role which, which probably does suit some people better where they don't have to deal with those sorts of things and right the mess of recruiting and all that which you know there's loads of fun nowadays so yep that's right uh all right rob uh moving on down the line
0: literally the line uh we have the <laughs> nice offensive segue, line Dan. coach and um uh another potential nebraska connection but not so directly would be um, Donovan Raiola, um, who's with the Chicago Bears in some capacity. Boomer, I can't remember what his actual position is there, Um, but that is Dominic Raiola's brother and obviously the uncle of uh, one of our quarterback targets in 2024. Um, And so that could be a a good fit. Um, And I would imagine would kind of add to the – kind of Pacific Islander uh flair that we have with Tuyoti on the defensive line. Um so I think that could be a really strong uh recruiting uh connection there. I don't know much about Donovan Rayola,
1: but um it, it, it could be a good fit. Yeah, yeah he's the, the assist- assistant oh. oh sorry boomer yeah or I was he- just gonna
2: say he was the assistant online coach for the Bears. So yeah
1: okay. Jinx. Jinx yeah um yeah it's it's uh that would be interesting and I think Boomer were you mentioning earlier that uh there's rumors that who somebody could be leaving for is it jergens leaving for the nfl draft is that what you said yeah there
2: or? was talk of that i uh, S- steve sipple had an article about that and you and i would seen those rumors on the internet that he was contemplating testing the waters of uh nfl draft you know as a center you know if, if you have a chance to make he it is eligible know, it's, yeah you're mm-hmm. eligible and you know it's probably tempting as a center you know sure. i don't know how long huge his career is and, but you know donovan really he played center didn't he so he's Police would have that, and Dominic did. I don't yeah, know about. Yeah. I don't know where Donovan even played. He played at Wisconsin, did So but at Wisconsin, yes, he did. So yeah. yeah, he
1: was. He was signed by the Rams back in 2006 as an undrafted free agent as well. So okay, you so know, he's younger
2: he, than Dominic.
1: Yeah, he had, he had a little bit of time there, but I'm not quite sure what his professional career ended up being. Right, you know, right. so Anyway. I know he played at the Omaha Nighthawks for a while, so ah. there's that. Yeah, he 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 went he bounced around the NFL quite a bit. Actually, um he was mostly off season and practice squad member, like between the Rams, Steelers, Rams, Seahawks, Cardinals, Bears, gotcha. Bucks, Bucks, oh, hey, that, Nighthawks, works works If games. you can
0: get it, so I got gotcha. you. Uh, so that, I mean, I, am not hearing a lot of other O-line coaches. I think maybe the army O-line coach has been another one that's been thrown out there. Boomer, I forget his name. Um, and I, I've also heard of various different O-line coaches tied to, uh, some OCs, but uh, no one else independently.
2: Yeah. I've heard that army O-line coach come up too. And I've even heard him possibly tagged for a, you know, offensive coordinator job too. Uh, what is his name? It's like a Saga to Italy or something like that, I think. So, yeah, I, I, I it sounds, sounds right. I, I forget. Yeah, we'll have to watch um, Army Navy this, uh, this upcoming yeah, game just to get a good, good read on it and maybe catch him on the sideline next Saturday. Um, and then that comes to the OC, uh, Rob, right? Which is yeah. the
0: biggest mystery, uh, out there of all. And, um, it seems like there's been a lot of names on the twitter sphere that may or may not have uh, been interviewed
1: um you know i'm seeing names like yeah harold corn morris i i can't even say is it chia um these are all names soraka Soraka, sorry man i am i you know you butchered that that, one pretty good well you can tell that i you can tell that i'm a reader and not and not a talker right because i just put in my head is not that what they say you know other than that or I'm just really stupid but uh, but um, you know let, let's just put it this way the one the number one guy out there who who you know seems to have a lot of the inside information and always seems to know it was going to happen all along Sean Callahan even he's not even going to put his name on anything right now like he won't right. even people are asking him all kinds of questions about which one do you think is the best or what have you heard about this and every time he just says you know what I'm not going to say anything i'm not putting a stamp on it um which kind of leads me to believe that and and this is really scary to say is that i'm not even sure nebraska knows what they're going to be doing right now when it comes to an offensive coordinator because it's just either that or there's going to be a huge splash and they've been keeping it really close to the best um because i feel like this kind of disconcerting but i feel like nebraska is or should be the kind of program where they would have already made an announcement that they were pulling somebody from somewhere else or hiring somebody to come in for this job already. And here we are hearing about all these other big splashes with head coaching jobs and maybe that's affecting it. But um, I'm really surprised that at least one or two names hasn't been more prominent among the people that matter, not just Twitter or Reddit, you know?
0: Sure. I think there's definitely a fear that, I mean, A, they don't want to get it wrong. B, they don't want to, um, you know, send people down a path that ultimately, maybe the, it they do have a legitimate list of candidates, but they don't actually know who's going to get selected, right? And just throwing those names out there, um, you know, do more harm than good. I mean, I think there's a couple of reasons why we potentially haven't made an announcement. One, I'm sure, we haven't found somebody. Uh, B, maybe the person um, that's the leading candidate is still coaching this weekend. I guess that could be a potential if you're trying to get a, an OC from a, a standing power five team that's still playing. Um, that's not impossible. I could imagine something like, I don't know, the Wake Forest offensive coordinator, for example. I can't remember his name, but uh, Ruggiero did. Yeah. He's been mentioned. Um, Wake's still playing. Right. Okay. Maybe, maybe you can't say anything because he's, he's busy this weekend. Right. Um, so there, there's a couple different ways that you could, you could spin that. Um yeah i mean obviously you'd like to have an announcement uh sooner than later especially from a recruiting perspective because that way you have have recruits coming in this weekend you'd like to be able to say hey we're 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 moving forward on this at least with the mickey joseph hire because he's a recruiting coordinator you could at least focus on that and say that you know the oc will be announced shortly but um you know here we
2: are waiting yeah hopefully they're not sending a plane to houston nut if if that's the case (laughs) and we know we're we're in trouble but I think you're probably right. Uh, I, it, it's hard to know exactly what this means. We haven't heard an announcement yet. I mean, probably a lot of it does stem from like what you mentioned earlier, Dave. Once you know Lincoln Riley really left, that's that said, you know dominoes going all over the place. So you know teams are shaking out all over. There's a lot of movement and openings. So people are probably you know just kind of waiting for that to shake out a little bit and see where where they might land. And right, yeah, hope, yeah. I, but I would think we've got to hear something sooner than later. <laughs> just like you said, what early signing day is what the fifteenth so yeah yeah right. i think you've got to have something lined up pretty quickly on that front so yeah, yeah. if we don't hear I mean, really you're really just trying to, to save your spread.
0: class you're not yeah. really going to get a whole lot more out of this class well it's no, no but i mean are. we don't
2: have much of a class anyway this this go around but i think just just to trains, give sure. some sort of comfort i think to everybody and you know start if you're going to start fishing in that transfer portal too you want to start getting you know putting those feelers out so
1: Yep. speaking yep. of which too one of the nice things is we're seeing a lot of other schools players are starting to already enter the transfer portal we saw spencer rattler went into the went in the transfer yep. portal That's already right. um dylan know, gabriel is actually dylan gabriel.
0: A more exciting
1: yeah he's uh, out of out of well a lot of people forward. think he'll just end up back at uh well, well who's the guy too that that just left um to go to um the coach that just went to washington
0: yep Half, uh, hafner
1: yeah, Hafner and his State. and his quarterback from Fresno State entered the transfer portal. So a lot He'll of people think he might probably go back to Washington because mm-hmm. he was actually at Washington, went to Fresno State, now they're talking about maybe going back to Washington. Mm-hmm. But um, my point on all this is that um, we haven't seen outside, um, you know, outside of the one kid, we haven't seen kids transferring out of the Nebraska program, which is I think is a really good sign because it shows one that the people that we have there right now who matter um, the players that matter are seeing the potential for playing time. And for this team, you know, hopefully they came together this year and they want to come back next year and have something to prove. Right. Especially now that they know frost is going to be there. That's, that's my train of thought on something like that when I see it, because I keep waiting for some of these big names to come along and say that they're going into the portal and they just haven't yet. I know it's still early, but maybe once the new OCs announced that's when we'll see some of those people moving around. I don't know, but um, sure. I'm trying to, I'm trying to stay positive here. All right. In a, in a time when it's not the easiest thing to do. So,
0: yeah, no, I mean, I, I get it. Uh, but on the offensive side of the ball, they, you know, don't have as much success as the defensive side. Right. And that's where mm-hmm. we, we saw, um, you know, Jojo and, and Cam Taylor Brent be second team all big 10 quite a few honorable mentions there with darian daniels um offensively we had austin allen be the first all big 10 nebraska player since 2014 i believe um so that's that's great um but he was already gonna leave so that's no surprise so i mean i guess we'll we'll, we'll let it play out i mean i think there's you know quite a few you know guys on the defensive side that now will have another you know opportunity from our playing time with all this uh, um, super seniors that will be departing. So we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Anyway. I mean, I, I still like a whole lot of hope that uh, someone like Tom Herman or a big name would, would still be on the board, but um, it, it still seems like that's probably unlikely, but um, you never know. And, you know, we also could also really interested to see if the OC would help, land a a big time quarterback transfer like dylan gabriel or or of that ilk and i I think that could make a big difference on people's perspectives for for next year i mean the willie corn one it would be intriguing just because um uh grayson mccall i believe is their quarterback um and uh he's he's an explosive dual threat guy and he's like a third year sophomore um, if for some reason he wanted to try to step up, that would be a, a fine transfer of my, my boat. So. All right, guys, anything else on the uh, coaching carousel until we actually hear something um, official on this?
2: No, not unless you're putting into the uh, Oklahoma job, Dave. Oh, definitely. I I, I put in.
0: For Notre Dame,
2: I guess, whichever you prefer.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Everyone pays me more. That's what I tell them. I did turn in my application as a special teams coordinator for Nebraska. And on there, they were like, why? Do you feel you're qualified for this position? And I wrote, "I'm better than the guy from last year."
0: <laughs> Fair. Yeah. It's not saying much. Yeah. Uh, all right, guys, let's uh, turn our attention. We only we have uh, one last betcast. Maybe we'll do a bowl uh, betcast special. I don't know. Oh, I think we have no choice, today. All right, all right. Well, this is our last kind of regular season. This is our championship week betcast, and we have, uh, I believe, nine or 10 games uh, to run through. And um, we'll, we'll start at the top and and we'll finish off with that very exciting um, Cal-USC game that we'll finish off the regular season outside of the Army-Navy game, which happens next Saturday. Boom. <clears throat> All right, guys, um, let's take a look at, I believe this is the is this the conference USA uh, championship This is Western Kentucky versus university of Texas, San Antonio. Uh, the Roadrunners, who beat Illinois this year, I believe, but got upset last week um, in a surprising fashion. Um, are three point dogs to Western Kentucky. Go mean uh, green. Yeah, there you go. Uh, <laughs> over under at 72 and a half. I, I have no strong take on this, but um I don't know. I feel like UTSA, if they would have won last week, would have
2: been a heavy favorite. But uh, now they're actually an underdog. Boomer? Yeah, I know nothing about either of these teams, particularly this year. You know, UTSA really seemed to fall flat last week. So I think it just depends on how they come out of this mentally. Are they, you know, going to have a big hangover from that loss, which killed a chance at a perfect season for him? And, you know, claiming a national title, while a lot of UCF style, or are they, That's you right. know... Can they rebound from this? No idea. So, just I like the nickname Roadrunners. So, go with them. Why not? It's always wow. worked against the Coyotes. So, Roadrunners or Hilltoppers? What do you, do, yeah. you think?
1: So, I'm going to go the anti. I'm going to say the Hilltoppers because I'm just looking at some of the numbers here. And it looks to me like Western Kentucky on paper, um, better offensive team and, and, the defenses seem to be pretty even, so I'm gonna go with the Hilltoppers on this okay. one in my Friday night special.
0: All right, all right. Another Friday night game is another low, lowly league, I think it's called the Pacific 12 Conference. Uh, and oh, the has mighty have fallen the uh, Oregon Ducks, uh, number 10 in the country, versus 17th ranked Utah Utes. This is a rematch from a couple of weeks ago uh in salt lake city where utah just put it on oregon and uh, ruined their playoff chances i believe this is being played at some really crappy stadium in las vegas if i'm not mistaken rob is that right
1: i will From fight there's a roll,
0: rule dump <laughs> yeah, of a place a, on the strip a, re, a real
1: dump of a place it's the um allegiance stadium it's the uh, home of the unlv running rebels right right yeah. exactly yeah. that's exactly right yeah um
0: anyway uh you know this is interesting utah's only favored by two and a half i've seen a lot of people put um money on oregon to, to bounce back here but uh i'm scarred from watching that game i had oregon in that game and utah just put it on them just a little hard for me to believe that that much has changed over the last couple of weeks um i'm probably
2: going to take utah here even though a lot of folks are taking the ducks boomer yeah, I'm with you on that, Dave. This this isn't like you know they met in week two or something like that, and they're playing again. I mean, this is pretty recent, and Utah's confident they know they can handle Oregon. And what's changed in in basically a week, you know, that they both played a game in between, they both you know looked about the same. So I, I don't see any reason Utah is not going to win a rematch. So I'd go with the Utes as well. So yep, Rob.
1: Oh man, what a tough call on this one too, because I. <laughs> I guess if, if everything was on the line and I had to, and I had to, I would just say Utah is probably going to come down there and, and hand Oregon, their third loss of the year and be responsible for two of them. Um, but I, if I had to place money on this game, I'd probably just go with the over of 58 and you know, bad stay bad. with that. I'd probably stay away from the, from the money line and the spread, even though, you know, both of them are very bettable numbers. Um, you know, I just, who knows? I mean sure sure you know, I wonder what oregon saw on tape I won know? the uh first half under in their their first matchup
0: is that it was 28 and a half and it was like just easy peasy until the last like two minutes of the the half where Utah scores a couple times and makes it um I think they were up 28 nothing I believe um but i did did win because it was 28 and a half Uh, All right, let's move to uh, Saturday games, and we have a couple of uh, noon Eastern kickoffs, uh, starting with the MAC championship. Um, Boomer, I'm I'm guessing this is played at a neutral site, like Ford Field or something like that, but maybe it's not. It might be played at Northern Illinois, which I believe would be the the home team here, uh, eight and four on the year, taking on the uh, golden flashes of Kent State, seven and five um and uh, kent state's actually favored by three here
2: um yeah that's being played at a ford field so there's nothing nothing better than detroit in early december But that is going to be a packed house of mac action fans of course of action yep all over yep the the kent state faithful should probably pack that completely oh gosh i don't have much to go on on this one either i didn't watch as much maxion as i normally do in in a season this this year but uh oh heck why not go with Akron? Or, or no, not Akron.
0: Uh, <laughs> That's going to be a tough yeah, one. Yeah, that'll throw everybody you, you put money down. Uh,
2: gosh. Yeah. Kent State or Northern Illinois. Yeah, just go with Kent. Why not? So.
0: Yep, yep. Uh, you know, Rob, uh, the over-under here, 74 and a half. Um, I have uh, done some action myself these Tuesdays and Wednesdays in November. And... Um, I, I could see an under here potentially. Um, I don't know. It could be interesting. What do you think?
1: Well, I mean, looking at it, I, I see it, it. The smart bet would be the under. Um, that would definitely be the smart bet on this one. I know virtually nothing about either one of these teams. Um, I just, I guess, if I had to pick one, I would say bet. For the Illinois team, because that seems to every time we we seem to run into anything <laughs> Illinois related. All right, I mean. well, uh, <laughs> I'm sure the pet cashers are going to really
0: take your advice here and go with uh, Illinois because of that. But um, let's let's move on to uh, another noon game here on Saturday, one that we know a little bit more about. Um, Oklahoma State, uh, number five in the country, eleven one, coming off their big Bedlam victory over Oklahoma, We're sent sent and Riley packing. Uh, takes on Dave Aranda and the Baylor Bears uh, 10 and two there for Baylor ninth in the country um I, I'm looking forward to this game actually I think Oklahoma State's a pretty darn good team because their defense is really good and um, they are favored by five and a half
1: what do you think Rob I'd like um, Oklahoma State in this one because because um, you know they're they're hoping that somebody you know basically, screws up this weekend in that top in that top four and um you know somebody drops out because that'll get them in to the team of four i think um or to the to the to the 14 playoff right so yeah no um, you know alabama Alabama loses they're in right if they win that is the Um, well if if yeah oklahoma state wins um you know iowa pulls it off this weekend, Oklahoma State is in. So they've got basically two teams could drop off and they're in. So I don't see them letting down, especially after that win over Oklahoma. My lord, did they lay a whooping on them? Like I, I watched that game and it was at oh, man, that was just that was just a beating. Um I I almost it was felt a very that, close beating. I mean, it, it was, not, it was but 37 it never, or 33, Rob. I mean Yeah, you know, but it never, okay. but it never really felt that close to me. Huh. um wasn't a, oklahoma ahead for a good chunk of that game I, sure. I just i don't know man i just kind of more of oklahoma a feel State is what you're know. you saying here. Is what i'm saying yeah it just never really felt that close to me all right all so, right yeah but then when it again, was 33 also, to
2: 24 i think
1: it went but time. i also yeah. hate oklahoma so as far as i'm concerned it was never close and you know if, that's just how it goes all right boomer
2: well, I'm trying to think of you know since the way sports have been going, how how can we maximize you know the pain this year? Um, and one of the ways to do is to make sure you get as many SEC teams in the in the playoffs as possible. Sure. And a way to ensure that is that Oklahoma State loses this weekend. They did play Baylor and beat them earlier in the year, but that was quite a few weeks earlier. So I fully anticipate Baylor somehow winning this game. Uh, Gundy's always seemed to kind of choke when it really had a chance to to make it to the next level. So. That's what will happen here, and that will help make sure that they can keep Alabama in the, that top four somehow, regardless of what happens against Georgia. So Sure, sure. Oh, with yeah. Baylor. So, the right. world is so dark. All right. Go back to <laughs> oh, classic
0: boomer uh, theory there. All right, let's take a look at the Mountain West. Um, producer Skip would probably have a good angle on this one. This is a Utah State um, with, uh, I believe that's uh, Blake Anderson, the Arkansas State uh, coach, um, um, went out there wins right away he's nine and three i don't know why that guy's not getting mentioned for other coaching gigs um against brady hoax uh fighting aztecs of san diego state um who's going for their 12th victory of the year uh san diego state favored by six just under the key number um kind of like that but i do think this would be a low scoring game potentially boomer you have any any sense of san diego state can get to the 12
2: and one I think so. I've watched a little bit of them, uh, you know, when they're the late night games and there's nothing else on. So they they look pretty solid. So I, I feel fairly confident they'd be able to, to win that and even probably by more than six. So you mentioned you watched San Diego State.
0: It, do you know where they've been playing their home games this year?
2: No, I can't say I have. I haven't watched that closely.
1: So
0: yeah, it's it's odd. They are playing in Carson, California, at the um, the Major League Soccer stadium up there. Because uh, they blew up uh, the Murph, uh, Jack Murphy Stadium no longer exists apparently, and uh, they're building a a new um, uh, football stadium for San Diego State on that site, but uh, while it's under construction they've been playing in Los Angeles the last two years.
1: Uh, That seems on
0: brand
2: for... San Diego The yeah.
1: former hand, the former home of the San Diego Chargers. That's correct, and I believe it won- wasn't it called like Home Depot Field for a yeah, while. Yeah, it too? was started yeah. out as Home Depot yeah. Field. That's
0: yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. Um, let's see here. We have uh, the Sun Belt uh Appalachian State oh
1: you don't want my opinion on that game oh sorry
0: Rob I didn't know if you had anything what do you have well, I don't report? know if anyone
1: ever really wants our opinions Mountain that's West. Yeah. That's, that's true nobody cares what I have to say anyway just so um no you were you were talking about uh, it could be a low scoring game which is interesting though because Utah State has really high output on offense they're averaging over 450 yards a game but they don't score offense. points but they don't score points so you know um that sounds I, familiar, actually. Yeah, it really does. I was going to say they, they, they. So you know what? I'm going to take it. You know, what? Utah State loses by one score because they sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's I really fair. had no opinion. I just wanted to say that. All so. right. Yeah, I'm sorry. I, I cut you out, Rob. I, no, you're you're fine. In your contract you get a, you know. I have a 10 day extension. I don't know if you heard about that the other day. So we have to do one more betcast after this.
0: Oh, All right. Sounds good. Uh, all right, Sunbelt, Appalachian State, uh, Mountaineers taking on uh, the Raging Cajuns of Louisiana. Uh, Billy Napier may be distracted, but he is coaching for Louisiana. He's going to be the next Florida head coach, probably going to be recruiting for Florida, but he is coaching the, the Cajuns here. And, and App State is actually now favored by two and a half. I don't know if that line moved uh, because of that or not, but Louisiana is 11-1, and one, App State 10-2. and two. Uh, Rob, I'll let you go first here on this one. What do you think?
1: Um, I think I have no idea on this one. I mean, I, I think Abolition State's still carrying the momentum from, you know, beating Michigan a few years back, you know. All right, we'll that's... move on to
0: Boomers then since we have no <laughs> actual insight here by Rob. <laughs> this is not no, any value or betters whatsoever.
2: Yeah, this will be an interesting test to see, you know, what what a coach, you know, looking for an apartment in another state does to game trip. Um <laughs> I think it probably is going to be a bit of a distraction for it, so I'd probably go upstate on this one. So. Yeah, I think that's it's a good call.
1: See, he agreed with me.
2: Yeah, yeah, he just at least you know tried
0: to give some reason to it. Um, all right, let's let's head on to um, uh, a few of the uh, later games in the afternoon. Here we have the um, uh, that's the American uh, Championship. We have twenty first ranked Houston with Dana Holgerson, 11-1, uh, taking on 12-0, and 0, number four ranked Cincinnati Bearcats with Luke Fickle trying to finish the deal and at least keep their hopes for a playoff bid alive. Uh, spread at 10 and a half over a little bit of a key number there, and um, I'm, I'm a little leery. I don't know. I've taken Cincinnati the last couple of weeks, and they have won for me uh, handily. Um kind of the the midseason fade there is over for Cincinnati. So the trend line is to take them to cover. But I, I could see Houston actually uh, playing with them here for a while. Boomer, this is this is a tough one in that 10 and a half to, to you know, I think that spreads about right.
2: Well, Dave, uh, the world is so dark, as we all know. I think Houston wins this outright, just to completely blow that up as well. There you go. So, <laughs> yep. So go Houston. Cincinnati will lay an egg here at the last chance. I mean, heck, Luke Fickle might be getting sniffed at from notre dame which wouldn't surprise me at all so you know he may be distracted as well but yeah just just to make, just to maximize pain houston sure, does this because sure. so, yeah, houston's not a bad team that's one thing people forget so yeah they're, they're no they're not at all they, they took care
0: of smu and they're um riding high and and i think
2: houston's pretty darn good
1: rob yeah there are two closest games for the back-to-back games against usf and smu this year um you know and USF was still a two-score game, SMU was a was a touchdown game. Um, I will say this: I think Cincinnati wins, but I don't think they cover. Um, and that's that's the way I'm looking at it. And but I will say that Boomer could be right to where this is a perfect opportunity for Houston just to blow up the dreams of the Bearcats itself. But I have been on the Cincinnati woo-woo train the entire year and i'm staying with it um i would just love to see cincinnati go in and and uh, actually win a playoff game that would be amazing to me Um, i've watched all their games this year um but you know again like you said houston is a team where they've pretty much blown out other than those two games they've pretty much you know blown out um almost every opponent they've had i think eastern carolina was a close game for them i think it was a one score game as well so but they had three of those in a row your what did you call it your your midseason lull yeah um, they they
0: struggle versus Tulsa Yeah, et cetera, right you, you know, know but like uh, well no
1: Tulsa uh, maybe i don't know man they their wins after that were like 40 22 45 10 I'm, you know, I'm when i said mid-season, was,
0: midseason lull oh, i was referring to cincinnati oh
1: you're cincinnati yeah 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 so and i mean you know navy was a close game for houston as well but that's probably just because the ball was being run the entire time on the other side of the ball so anyway um yeah i don't think that um i don't think that cincinnati covers but i think they win
0: okay yep um that seems seems reasonable um all right uh, let's look at acc uh this is odd not to see clemson in there not to see Brent Siani is North Carolina uh, pick. Sorry, Brent, we just keep on giving you crap about that. We apologize, buddy. Hey, at least he um, picked
1: Clemson, not being there.
0: That's true. But here we have Pitt, uh, the Panthers, so led by Kenny Pickett, a dark horse Heisman candidate. Uh, some people are keep on pushing, pushing Kenny and uh, Wake Forest, uh, who uh, you know had a great year and was able to finish off ten and two. Uh, we've got uh, Pitt favored by three here. Uh, this is a uh 15 versus 16 in the rankings over under at
2: 72 Uh, boomer any thoughts yeah boy yeah i'm not sure what to make of this game uh i've watched wake they've had chances to you know really make something out of this season they just fell a little bit short especially against Clemson. um yeah,
0: this, this would Gosh. be everything, though. If they could actually win an ACC
2: champion. Yeah, I mean, they, they can. They can score a heck of a lot of points. It's just, I mm-hmm. guess, what do I expect out of Pitt this this game? I, I haven't watched the Panthers as much as I probably should have, I guess. Um, I'm presuming this is being played in Charlotte. Yeah, I think so. That sounds I'm right. Sure, that's going to be a Yeah, and, and who knows which one's Coastal and which one's the Metropolitan Champion. I have no idea. <laughs> or you know, but, So who knows? Ah. Gosh, I prefer Wake Forest to win, but I'm sticking with my all depression theme. So let's, I'll say Pitt somehow pulls this off because I have no love for Pitt. I still blame them for Steve
1: Peterson. So it's true. It's true. Rob, this is my um, won't touch with a big 10 foot pole. All right. Pick of the week. Yeah. I, these two teams are virtually like identical on paper. You know, I mean, yards per game, points per game, rushing attempts, passing attempts, everything. Um, looks almost virtually the same. I mean literally 42.8 versus 42.9 points per game, 8.7 yards to 8.8 yards, 4.2 yards to 4.1 You're yards. You're telling me it should be a good game. I'm telling I'm telling you it'll probably end up like a 17-10 game and you know <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, I mean
0: that would be um, but, completely opposite. Yeah, the, but I mean, it would be. Yeah, but that's what 72. I'm saying is that
1: that's that's what it sounds like. Yeah, the over under 72, I'd almost you know who? Who knows how this one's gonna end up? Um, you, I mean, yeah, I, I'm not touching it.
0: All right, all right, sounds good. But before we go to the uh, the game of the day, well, we've got a couple left actually. I should say I have the SEC, the Big Ten. I want to make sure we capture the the Pac-12 action there, the makeup game, the pac US- <laughs> yeah, of uh, uh, USC versus Cal. Uh, I think uh, I want to say Cal's favored by four actually in this game. Um, uh, This is a late night game. If you are really hungry for one last college football game on this Saturday, uh, you're probably going to watch and probably put money down on, on Cal Southern Cal Um, any, any late night betting uh, picks here. Uh, Will the bears cover the four?
1: Well, in my, in my, uh northern california bias i'm gonna to have to go with the uh berkeley bears here um mostly because uh, you won't see me rooting for anything la ever um you know <laughs> even so, when the
0: raiders were in town <laughs>
1: even well when the raiders were in la they i still refer to them as the oakland raiders all so, right all right yeah. sounds good um all right so we have
0: two left i believe and uh we've got the afternoon primetime slot here is uh Number one ranked Georgia Bulldogs against Alabama. Alabama survived in overtime, four overtimes, I believe, versus Auburn in a game that the Tigers could have won multiple ways, but boomer, they just didn't get the job done. That would have, that would have been the how bright is the world moment because that would have already taken out an Alabama team, it feels like. Uh, but yet here they are holding on to hope to make the playoff. Uh, dogs are six-point favorites, though. Over under 49 and a half. What do you think?
2: Yeah, I was really disappointed at that Auburn game, but you knew that was going to happen when it was just a two-score game. And then when that guy ran out of bounds. He ran you out know, of bounds. Yeah, the one thing you couldn't do, they I'm did it. literally watched that was game gonna During, yeah, right
0: that was, before that. I'm like, they just have to
2: keep the ball yep, in bounds. Just keep it. Just running through the hash marks. Runs, don't go outside the hash out. marks. Let's run a sweep that side of the field or whatever it was. Pick just up eight just, yards, like, ran yep. out of bounds. Yeah, it doesn't do any good, but... Uh, you know, I don't think Alabama is very good. They've struggled. Like they struggled with Auburn, and Auburn was hobbled. You know, they they had nothing on quarterback. They didn't play well against Florida, who was a wasn't a very good team. I, I don't. Arkansas think Arkansas played them tight. Yeah, I, I just don't think they're going to win this game. I, I I honestly don't know how great Georgia is. Their defense is outstanding, but has Georgia played anyone worth a darn really this year? I mean, the SEC no, East was pretty really. much a dumpster fire, and I don't I don't recall who they're cross. I mean, they beat Clemson in the, in the, the first game of the year. Yeah, but I mean, Clemson was just god awful the most points. of the year. So I I don't know what how to read Georgia particularly well, but yeah, I mean, Georgia should win this game. Uh this is probably the kind of thing where you'd see Alabama somehow squeak it out just to really piss everybody off. But I don't know if the world's quite that dark. It's close. It's close. You know, but we're not quite spinal tap black album dark yet. So, but I think Georgia wins this and then that'll be up to the commission to decide what they want to do with Alabama and how they're going to justify ranking them, you know, third or fourth. So.
1: Yep. Rob. Well, the one positive thing that I can say um, without a doubt is this will be the best defense that, Alabama has faced all year. Um, and, um, I think you can throw all of Alabama's offensive numbers out the window on this one against Georgia's defense, especially after that tough fought game against Auburn just a week prior. Meanwhile, Georgia was probably playing their third stringers against uh University of Alabama, Birmingham, I think. Or, oh no, that was Georgia Tech. I'm sorry. Georgia, Georgia, Tech. Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech. I looked at the and schedule also had opposite. their third string Yeah. In yeah. And they Zengler. also did it's forty-five nothing. I'm sorry. They only beat University of Alabama fifty-six seven. At least they scored a touchdown on them. Um yeah. Sorry. I looked at the schedule upside down on here. So it's my dyslexia kicking in um, and it's late here and I'm tired. Um, anyway. Yeah. I think Georgia wins this one outright. You could take them on every level of this um, spread over under money line, everything, Georgia, Georgia, Georgia. Right, you
0: taking Georgia on the spread and the over.
1: Um, oh yeah.
0: Okay. At 49 and a half.
1: All yeah. Right. I think, I think uh, Georgia is probably going to put up probably about 40,
0: all right. All right. All right. Well, that, that will be interesting then. Okay. We'll see. All right. Let's uh, finish off here with the big 10 and uh, exactly how we predicted it guys. Uh, the Michigan Wolverines um, takes down Ohio state. Uh, they are now number two in the country, 11 and one overall and a 10 and a half point favorite against the Iowa Hawkeyes. One of the best 10 and two teams I've ever seen. Um you know, they they were gifted this by Wisconsin blowing their game versus uh, Minnesota. And so uh, the Hawkeyes, 10 and a half point dogs, over under 43 and a half boomer. Um, Iowa can make a game ugly. Uh, can they make this one ugly enough to stay within a, a Michigan team that is pretty darn good at running the ball? And uh, Nebraska proved that you could run against uh, Iowa somewhat. We had 100 yards in the first half last week.
2: Yeah, boy, well, I don't know what to make of this game, you know, Especially after watching Michigan, you know, just run all over Ohio State, which really surprised me. I didn't think they'd be able to run quite that well, and their defense played better than I thought it would. I mean, I was, you know, lived all season on just finding weird ways to win games, but I don't think Michigan's really given away any games in weird ways this season. You know, even when they've had adversity, they've they've rebounded from most of them. So. I think Iowa or I think Michigan wins this game. and I kind of just hope they do because I really don't want you know Big Ten champion Iowa because that would just be painful. I mean, they've already printed the rings to give out to their uh, their their team anyway. Probably says they're undefeated too, but that's all right. <laughs> uh, ten and a half—that might be a lot of points though. I mean, Iowa might find weird ways to keep this under ten, maybe or right about ten. So, I yeah. All That's right. what Boomer, I'm go I yeah, say Iowa Michigan to cover. probably wins this by about nine or ten. That would be my guess. All right. Boomers taking Iowa to cover. Rob.
1: Yeah, I am going to take. Oh, I uh god, I hate Iowa so much. It's just it's hard for me to like pick this game unbiasedly. But um, I think Iowa covers, I think it's closer than it looks, but they're just gonna hand the ball off. Um, I think Michigan's just gonna hand the ball off uh, to Haskins over and over and over again, uh, and run it until they can't run it anymore. Uh, you got to keep the turnovers down. Couple, yeah, I do too. I,
0: I think I think Mich- This will be probably close for a while, but I think Michigan will break it open in the yeah. second half and yeah, I win just, by two touchdowns.
1: The only thing I, I will say this, and I know it's really cliche, but the only thing that Michigan has to do to win the or to to win this game is to keep the number of turnovers down because we know Iowa and they're plus 965 on the turnover ratio, That's right. um, you know, but yeah, they keep the ball from turning it over, um, you know, give the ball to Haskins, just let, feed that boy, let him, mm-hmm. let him run that ball and you, you'll you have yeah. this game in hand. Yeah. No problem. I
0: think McNamara proven that he can actually um, you know, make some plays too, though. So if they end up well, off the run, I yeah. feel like he can actually beat them over the top at times. So he, he I, I think Michigan's enough of a complete offense that Iowa's going to have the trouble just um, trying to stop Haskins. Yeah,
1: Michigan's definitely a, a run to pass the ball team too. Right. So yeah.
2: Yep. All right, guys. All right. Well, well I just been... one thing, Dave. I was Go just kind of thinking, tying our threads together about the the offensive coordinator talk, and then you know the betcast here. How you mentioned that. You know, it's possible that uh, our coordinator might still be playing this weekend. Are there any coordinators on any of those teams you think would be likely candidates for us? I was just trying to think of them as we were going down those picks. Didn't did even jump the, out of the. I think the Wake Forest co- coordinator could be an option. Yeah, um, or do you think like Bill O'Brien at Alabama? I mean, is he? I would. I I, I would not see him
0: uh, coming to Nebraska.
2: He's got the be, Big Ten yeah. roots, so do, does he want to yeah, come back here? Yeah, but he here? he would I come mean, here you know, as a head coach, but I don't think he would come here as an OC. Why would you do that? Yeah, I don't know, but yeah, I'm just trying to think of of the of the candidates, you know, that could present themselves as you know Power Five OCs from that bunch that are still playing this weekend. Sure, sure. I mean, Which ones jump out at you. Another one
0: that jumps out at me is Oregon. Um, if you want to get uh, really hypothetically here, I mean, I Crystal Ball may maybe in and play at some other places. I hear Chris Bullock can be tough to to, um, coach with. He's a hard nose. And uh, Joe Moorhead may be wanting to get back in Big Ten territory. Wasn't Uh, he taking
2: like, the Akron job or something? Oh, did he? I I thought he did. Did Uh, he take uh, it? Oh, maybe you're right. Possibly.
0: I mean, but yeah, I think. There you go. Okay, it could have been. uh, That would have been the only other one that's on my,
2: my radar. But number one, one I have is Wake Forest. I don't see anyone else. No, there we go. So it's the Wake Forest OC. I think the Redcast Cast has solved the mystery right here.
1: <laughs>
2: yeah, we'll see. We'll see. All right, guys, anything else?
0: All right. Well, hopefully, the next time we do a podcast, Nebraska Basketball's got a couple of victories, and we have a, a new offensive coaching staff. For now, let's call that a go big Red Cast. <laughs>
1: Put Media Production